When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 109. Today's Thursday, July 20th, and that means we are looking toward the rest of the season. It's going to be a fun show. We've done it every year on Wins Above Fantasy, where we look out at strength of schedule and who has soft matchups that we can target, whether it's a waiver wire or a buy low. Always a lot of fun. Joined, as always, by Steve Giswelli. Uh, Steve, unfortunately, sounds like you're a little under the weather today, so hopefully we can uh, get through this with a nice painless podcast here, but how's it going, man? Yeah, it's been a little of everything. I've battled uh, a root canal, uh, I think, a recording or two ago. Um, now we're dealing with an outbreak of hand, foot, and mouth, which is not fun. Uh, very contagious and prominent in daycare, so uh, thankfully my daughter didn't have it too bad, but... Lauren and I are pretty tough and you know uh, there's some fun sores that are like in the mouth so so you know as a podcaster you, you don't think again you know playing hurt it's it's the dog days of summer like we were saying off air uh, battling through it so uh, yeah. Steve's DT been better it's not it's not the it's not the most fun thing to talk or like eat right now um, I'm sure anyone who's had this or has had kids and knows of this knows it's not fun but uh, enough complaining, and let's get to some uh, some good schedules here to, to target for the rest of the season for some sneaky ads. Wow, yeah. What what would you possibly want to do other than podcast when you're exactly. dealing with that? So that, exactly. that's great. You can't can't hide from it, man. The, we the we I don't think we've mi- we we got an Iron Man streak to uh, protect here, right? I don't think we've missed a scheduled week, right? Uh, we we've moved a few. No, days we've had some fillings. Yeah, we've had but, some subs, but we have not. Yeah, bailed. we've had some subs. Uh, we've moved a day, but. We have not missed, you know, WAF has been coming out every week that was due to come out uh, since it existed. So uh, no matter what, we got to keep that going. I, yeah, I love the streak. I, I don't know if I love you coming in hot on some of these vocal takes, though, Steve. I need you just smooth and steady the rest of the show because I, I can't can't do this alone on the back <laughs> half. We got 10 uh, teams, guys, that we're going to be breaking down here. And this is actually from a, a website uh, on tankathon.com where you can go out and look at the remaining strength of schedule uh, for all teams. And it, it organizes it in a cool way where it kind of shows their toughest matchups on one side and their easiest matchups on the other and kind of puts them in. It's, it's based on winning percentage, so we'll have to kind of give it an additional lens of, you know, is it a plus on the hitter side or the pitcher side? Usually it's both. Uh, there's some teams that are exceptions where the you know the staff is a little better than the hitters, for instance. But we are going to be looking at the ten most uh, high opportunity teams for the rest of the season. And this is something that I've talked with Nick Pollock about, Steve, to to name drop Nick. And uh, I know we've talked about it on you know the past two years that we've done this, but it's kind of an underrated way of of going into the the final third of the season here where you know you look at guys you look at their past two weeks or their past month you look at their season line and like a a bounce back but we don't often look at some of the juicy matchups but then especially in weekly formats like when you're coming down the home stretch of the regular season and you're scratching and clawing to make the playoffs or once you get in the playoffs it always seems like you look at one of your players or you know, a lot of times it's your whole team and you're like, oh, come on, man. Like this week I've got, I'm facing, all my guys are facing the Braves and the Dodgers and the Rangers. And you kind of throw your arms up when you see your opponents got a, a stacked lineup of, of guys facing like the Tigers and the Athletics and the Royals and all. And, you know, it's obviously there's an element of luck. I mean, if it's one of your studs, you're not, 
you're not going to do anything actionable, right? But if you're looking at guys to add and you're on kind of a week-to-week need results now, it just seems like a kind of a no-brainer and simple analysis, but it's nice when, when you have pitchers or hitters who are in favorable matchups. And this is one that we've always kind of liked looking at at this time of the year after All-Star break because it's soon enough to where it's, you know, you're not really looking at guys to add for next week and then drop. This is more, maybe they're a guy who's 30, 40% rostered, but if things go well for them, you might roster them the rest of the year. And these are the guys that could have those second halves that we look at, we look back at next year and we say, man, they went off. Well, maybe it was because they're playing the Rockies, the Royals and the Athletics a bunch of times. So anyway, just a little bit of background there. Uh, open the floor to, to see what your thoughts are. But I, I know it's not rocket science, but it is always a fun show. Yeah, and Tankathon, I, I didn't think to use that because I, I've never thought of Tankathon as a, as a baseball site because there's never been a draft lottery. I usually spend Tankathon uh, when teams NBA for other or, sports that I, yeah. that I root for are out of the running and you just you know use that draft lottery simulator and you just run it until your team wins the lottery and then you dream about the, the first overall pick that you're going to get. But I guess that can be used for uh, baseball now that there is a draft lottery too. Uh, but it's also a great way to look at um, the strength of schedules. And just like, you know, whenever you look back at, at the last 30 days or last seven days or 14 days for a player, like when you're looking at the waiver wire to try and add a hot bat or a hot pitcher, it's always – I think it's an underrated part like you kind of hit at like this guy's last 30 days was buoyed by you know four game trip in Colorado right or uh, you know they faced the athletics and the Tigers and the Royals that month so therefore this guy had an awesome month so it's I think a good tool to try and do that to project forward Um, and hopefully that's that's what we can do there obviously like you said we need to cater to whether we're looking for hitters or pitchers um, in certain matchups depending on what the team's strengths or weaknesses are even if they are a bad team so um, yeah I think it's a I think it's a great idea and, and, and really hope that we got a, a nice list here that we could target and and head to head you know it's it's you, you you're surviving basically from now on it's kind of like the play if you're trying to make the playoffs like each week is a playoff matchup essentially from mm-hmm. here on out and then even for category leagues or roto leagues like you need to go for the categories that you're deficient in and you need to make decisions that you wouldn't make in April um or May uh it, it's already you know two thirds of the way to, through July so um it's coming down to it yeah we got almost half a season left to play but um each week is becoming like compoundingly more important yeah, and uh, like you mentioned, it's it's kind of the crystal ball where you're trying to project it moving forward. And the other thing is we'll try to pair it with players that at least it's actionable on. So, you know, there, there's some that are just getting hot that have been underperforming or there's other ones that have been ice cold, but they might be able to turn it around. So that, that's a little bit of the format. And I guess it's worth noting, like you said, Steve, you have to win every week. The past two years, we've done this in kind of a chronological fashion where we've said, like, you know, their upcoming matchups are X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And this time we kind of have it on an aggregate, which might apply more to Roto in a sense. But we'll try to, as we go through this, at least look at their next week and a half, two weeks for for each one of these teams in case you're in kind of a desperate win now mode. If you're in, you know, 10th place in a 12 team league and you got to get to the top half or something that that immediacy plays a little bit of a role. So uh, without further ado, because we got 10 teams to jump into, uh, let's go ahead and start with the number one uh, best schedule for the rest of the way, and it's the Chicago White Sox. And that's been kind of a trend because I know it's less this year, but because of kind of that uh, intra-league or division matchups where Usually AL Central are ones that you want to look for here. I know in the past it's been like the Guardians. Uh, This year, you know, spoiler alert, four of these uh, that we'll be talking about are AL Central. 
Um, so, yeah, it, it makes sense, right? Because they kind of play those teams more in the home stretch. But the White Sox, in terms of their, their strength of schedule, the remaining games on the good side, they have four against the Athletics, six games against the Royals, three in cores, uh, three against the Nationals, six against the Tigers, and four against the Cubs. So kind of looking at that, whether whether pitchers or hitters, uh, the White Sox, who, again, have been underperforming uh, a lot like they were last year, but uh, some signs of life, perhaps, or, or reasons to get excited the rest of the way, at least for the buying price, um, with this schedule that they got, because that's a, a juicy list of, of opponents there. In terms of the immediacy that we were talking about, their next series is at Minnesota, then they're at home against the Cubs, at home against the Guardians, and then they do have a series against the Rangers. After that, they get the Guardians, the Yankees, and the Brewers. So, again, the, the nothing that you're really horrified about. I think there's a lot to uh, actually be excited about, and most of those games against the Royals and the Athletics come after that. So if you're mm-hmm. looking at more you know, mid-August, late August into September for truly like the home stretch of trying to win leagues, just make a mental note that White Sox will be really good pitchers or hitters to stream. And I guess just to open the floor, Steve, when we're looking at the roster, I mean, there's guys like Jake Berger, who's come out of the all-star break. He was a guy we were talking about for uh, underdog fantasy for the seventh inning stretch. And he's already looking pretty good with, uh, two homers in his last four games and six RBIs in his last four games. Uh, he, on the most recent game, hit cleanup for the first time in a while. And obviously the pop is real. I think he's 100th percentile in hard hit rate. I think I just heard that the other day on a podcast. Uh, but yeah, last couple of weeks, a 1043 OPS. And this is a guy who's just 23% rostered. So Berger is definitely one that, that jumps out. Uh, un- another kind of quiet contributor, if you can look past the, the zero pop, is Andrew Benintendi, who's quietly, I mean, he's hitting 292 on the season, and in the past month, he's batting 341 with an 829 OPS, albeit no homers. Uh, he doesn't really offer speed at either, so he's about as boring of a player as it gets, but if you need an average lift, or with the fact that Benintendi's hitting leadoff, you know, he's, he scored six runs in his last three games. Uh, so Benintendi could help. And then you got guys that are a little bit more rostered, but uh, Tim Anderson's been dropped a lot. I think he's rostered around like 55% of leagues. And Eloy Jimenez, who has just had trouble staying healthy. I think he might be returning uh, on Thursday when we were uh, playing this show as like a DH after missing a few games. But I think Eloy managers definitely don't view him as a, a do not trade. So Steve, across Benintendi, Jake Berger, Tim Anderson, and Eloy, do any of these names kind of jump out more than the others uh, of someone you'd be looking to target with this cushy schedule? Yeah, probably Berger and Eloy. Um, I think Berger too, especially after the trade deadline, when their schedule starts to get really juicy, um, no pun intended with the burger there. Um, but, it's good. you know, they do sit him sometimes versus righties, even though he does have 14 homers versus righties. It's still just a 767 OPS, I believe, versus righties. So 14 homers and a smaller sample size to just have, you know, uh, an OPS below 800 shows how much he struggles to make contact versus righties. But if they do move some pieces, maybe they'll give him some more playing time. Not that it's too big of a problem currently they, they do play him a, a good amount of the time um but maybe they'll give him a much more extended run um after they do move some pieces eloy is intriguing because before he just had this most recent injury he was really coming at the form and looked like he was like turning into second half eloy from last year where he was you know uh had a lot of us intrigued um and and bought in uh, at a a hefty price uh, in in draft season. Um, And whenever he is healthy, that's kind of what he does. It's just the fact that he's never healthy. Um, It's another soft tissue um, injury, which is concerning. I think he's had like two where he's had to go on the IL, two counting this one where he's just missed like a week and, and, you know, eventually came back. So, 
it is mm-hmm. tough to deal with if there's another one like you know there's the risk of him not coming back because there's just a limited amount of time and the White Sox are falling farther and farther out of contention like as the minutes go on um, Tim Anderson I just I, I can't do it uh, I know it's <laughs> anecdotal but um, Tuesday night um, versus the Mets he came up uh, with like I believe it was the bases loaded and David Robertson threw a meatball like right down the middle and it was like a lazy fly ball to, to center field it just looks like he is a shell of what he once was and has absolutely no power left Benintendi sure like if if you need average or, or some hits uh, I, I think it's a fine play uh, but it's really really empty batting average uh, with no speed and no steals but um, the White Sox in mid from mid August on when they when they go to Chicago on August fifteenth, their schedule gets really really juicy. It's Chicago, Colorado, then home versus Seattle, home versus Oakland, at Baltimore, home versus Detroit. Like twice, there's a bunch of Kansas City in September. Uh, the Nationals, it, it's it's a really good schedule down the stretch. So, um, yeah, if you want to buy high on Eloy or um, on um. Robert or something. Uh, that, that's not a bad idea either. Yeah. No, that, that's a that's a good list there. Yeah, Eloy. I mean, I'm excited already, Steve, for the end of the season when we can kind of look back and assess. But he's just such an interesting study. I, I know that you know I've been a, an Eloy guy, but like, he's no, kind of a mini. I'm an Eloy guy. Yeah. 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 It, well, and he, he's kind of a mini Vlad with like the, the high ground ball rate and mm-hmm. he just, he hits the ball so hard. You wish the launch angle wasn't 5.4 degrees and that's keeping the barrel rate down. And even, even with that, it's still respectable. So like you're right though, like in terms of his splits, uh, you know, in, in uh, July when we did see him, he was hitting 289 uh, yeah, the OPS was down a little bit, but then he had the five homers in June. So it did look like we were starting to see, you know, 25, 30 homer Eloy, which should be kind of the floor, you would think, for power. It's just, it's been frustrating. And the, the White Sox, it, it's kind of like the Padres where it hasn't clicked at once for all of them this season. And it reflects in, you know, the counting stats. But either way, I think when you look at these matchups, I mean, we we talked about it last season and then the off season, but... Eloy was actually like a top five batter in the second half last year. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason with this matchup, as long as he stays healthy, that he, he couldn't do that. So I like that one. And then Berger, I mean, 100th percentile barrel rate and hard hit rate. And uh, yeah, power prime and age 27. I think even with the batting average boon, you're still going to take the, um, you know, the all the pop that he offers. So let's keep it moving to, uh, again, AL Central. The Minnesota Twins, who have the second-best matchups uh, in the second half here, they get the Athletics three times, the Royals three times. They have the Rockies, the White Sox seven times, which mm-hmm. I guess that's weighing into it quite a bit. So if some oh, yeah. of those guys heat up, that, that one might not be as uh, favorable if, if the White Sox can turn it around. But then they also got the Pirates three games and six times against the Tigers. So... Again, more good stuff there. On the bad side, they have the the Rangers seven games, so that's a, a little daunting on that side. Um, in terms of the immediacy factor, uh, let me get the Twins' upcoming games. So they've got the White Sox this weekend, and then they got the Mariners at home. They go at KC, at St. Louis, home against the Diamondbacks, at the Tigers, at the Phillies. So a little bit of a mixed bag uh, over the next like five or six matchups, which kind of similar to the White Sox probably means they're getting a lot of those Astros, Royals, uh, Detroit Tigers uh, later on in kind of like mid-August and and beyond that. So uh, for the Twins, in terms of some names, we've got jotted down here Edward Julian, who I know we liked at the, the start of the season and then he got sent back down. But Julian is another guy who uh, just 13% rostered, but uh, back-to-back three-hit games this week, including a homer, including a steal. Um, And, yeah, I mean, when he does play, he's hitting second. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, Julian, very promising as a prospect. And when you look at what he's done in the last 30 days, 
a 1074 OPS. So that's one right out of the gate that's pretty interesting. Uh, the offense must be clicking quite a bit because Alex Kirilov has also been uh, pretty hot as of late with a, a couple of homers himself. Um, and, yeah, four RBI uh, game a, f- a few nights ago. So Kirilov finally uh, looking like, uh, you know, reason for all the excitement for all the years. Uh, I put Carl- Kyle Farmer down here as well. I know it's a kind of a Swiss Army knife with second, third shortstop eligibility. And Farmer, at least in the past couple weeks, has a couple homers. Uh, this is super deep, obviously, with just a 2% roster on Farmer. And then Joe Ryan I wanted to, to throw out. I know you threw uh, Kenta Maeda out too, Steve. But just the thing with Joe Ryan, I, I know you and I both love him, but uh, run prevention has definitely been an issue where the last month he has a 520 ERA after he was really one of the best pitchers in the league for the first few months of the season. So, uh yeah, just think there could be a buying window there. Uh, and then I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about Kenta Maeda as well because that's one that um, I know you threw on the rundown and him kind of coming back uh, could be – I think he's going tonight, so we'll have to keep keep an eye mm-hmm. on that. But uh, your thoughts on Maeda and maybe uh, this grouping of Twins players and where you think there's the most opportunity. Yeah, Julian should be rostered in a lot more formats. I know that there's some concern because – um, Polanco might be back this weekend, Jorge Polanco, um, but that's another guy that just can't stay healthy, especially this year. And the fact that he has an OPS that starts with a one over the last month, um, the Twins can't afford to not play a bat like that. So I'm not too concerned about Williams' time, even if Polanco, even when Polanco does come back. Um, Ryan, yeah, there's been a lot of homers in in recent starts, um, and you know. That has been a problem in the past and kind of kept prevented him from being that breakout that we saw in the first few months. Uh, but other than the fact that it's just an extremely high uh, homer to fly ball rate over the last few starts, uh, you have to think there has to be some positive regression there. And with those good matchups, um, you know, there's not going to be that many homers given up to Oakland and Kansas City. Um, and, you know, Chicago, the White Sox, like, as many talented hitters are on the, on the lineup that there are, they still strike out a ton. And Ryan's a great strikeout bat. Um, I had a more just name that you know probably is available in leagues. Um, I know he's a streamer and a few of mine, um, and was available there tonight for Seattle. So um, a, a good flyer. I know he looked really good in a few of the starts in the first, uh, you know, in the beginning of the season when he first came back from Tommy John. Then had like fatigue and couldn't really go, and then needed that long IL stint. Um, but there's been some up and downs. I know the last start wasn't great for him, um, but he has a talent in his arm, and if he can get on a run, uh, he they have, the Twins have the, the nice matchup and, and schedules to, to do that. You know, in, in daily leagues, you could always bench him for the Texas starts, um, or, or, you know, uh, if it's a two-step, you might have to eat the one bad start, but the other one's probably going to be pretty good with how uh, favorable the Twins' schedule is the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think Julian is, is definitely the one that stands out here with Same. just his his ability. I mean, he hits homers to all fields. Uh, kind of crazy that he's got eight eight homers in just 47 games. Mm-hmm. Like, when we're looking next year, uh, it, it's hard to poke holes with, uh, like, the 15.6% barrel rate is just like, wow. And I know he strikes out quite a bit, but uh, 10% walk rate as well, so kind of a points league guy. I know that... The walks are something that had us excited for him kind of long-term as a prospect as well. I believe, Steve, didn't we uh, grab him in our uh, Dynasty uh, OBP League? Yeah, so that's, that's nice. Yeah. You love to see it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Julian there, by low on, on Joe Ryan as well. Interesting with Kirilov, the underlying metrics don't look nearly as good as, you know, when we were excited in the past. But, you know, he's only 25 years old, so it, it's something that, it's a little too early to give up on him. The further and further away he gets from those wrist injuries, right? Those could be draining on exit velocity and power numbers and power overall. So, and that could be, you know, your your pitcher list or Savant page could look pretty icy for a while if there's a few months of data with a an injury that you're coming yeah. back from, right? Um, great point. Yeah. That's why it's great to look at those rolling charts, um, but. Yeah, uh, I, I always like Alex Kirilov and, and hope he does well, and he's he's been doing well, and I think that Julian and Kirilov are great ads in the immediate and long term 
for the rest of the year. Yep. Kirilov batting third in the order for the first time in the past two games. And, yeah, last night as we record this on Wednesday night, so on, on Tuesday, three for four with a triple, a homer, three runs and two RBIs. So Kirilov is at least red hot right now for being just 9% rostered, hitting in a really good spot in that order. Uh, moving over to another AL Central team with the Detroit Tigers. The Tigers get four against the Athletics as well. Five games against the Royals, six against the White Sox, two against the Pirates, three against the Cubs, three against the Padres. So this one, in terms of the winning percentage, kind of stacks up. But honestly, Steve, when I look at this, like the six against the White Sox, throwing the Padres in there, it doesn't scream like as much upside as some of the other ones on the list. But uh, nonetheless, there's some some guys who are pretty interesting to talk about with the Tigers uh, and ones that we've talked about throughout the season. Uh, Torkelson, first and foremost, is one who also has come out of All-Star break swinging. On uh, Tuesday night, he had uh, the double dong with two homers, five RBIs. And yeah, in terms of the actual hit tool, uh, he's batting 293 over the past 40 at-bats, so uh, it could be kind of finally clicking in for Torkelson, uh, and he as well as Kirilov is, is hitting third in that lineup. Uh, the other one that we've been liking, and I know you've kind of highlighted him a, a couple times, Steve, is Kerry Carpenter, and Carpenter is also hitting in the heart of that order uh, at cleanup, and he had two homers in a game himself less than a week ago, uh, and yeah, has hit in like six of his last seven games. Carpenter's up to 13% rostered, and I know we liked his underlying stat cast page as well. Uh, looking in much deeper leagues, uh, Matt Veerling is a name that you know we've thrown out in the past and kind of got us excited and then let us down. And just a note that uh, you know he's been hitting near in the top of the order, batting leadoff or second. Um, and Veerling, you know, with some of these matchups, could be an option in the super deep league with like five outfield. Uh, and then on the pitching side, Reese Olsen is kind of interesting with that insane, is, is it a curve or a slider? Slider, One of those gets slider. like, yeah, yeah. 3,000 RPMs, and he's had some good swing and miss stuff. And then Michael Lorenzen, who uh, also has looked uh, better as of late and has kind of been up and down in, in relevance this season. Uh, he has, as you guys are listening, he's got a, a road start against the Royals, but his last outing at Seattle six and two-thirds with a win, seven strikeouts, and a shutout there. So, um, yeah, across the Tigers, Steve, looking at this list, what name or, or two names kind of jump out as, as big targets? The White Sox, I know we highlighted them as some potential names, but as an offense as a whole, they're the 25th best offense uh, by WRC+, and have the lowest walk rate in the league and, like, a top 10 as far as bad K rate. So, um they're 12th in K rate. Uh, I think they strike out a ton versus lefties, though. Um, I don't have the splits in front of me, but yeah, they they shouldn't be scary as an offensive hole. It's you know, kind of like don't give up a home run to Robert or Berger, and and you're good. Um, but the Tigers' torque's been pretty awesome since we kind of called out that he would be a a good ad and have a a, a good second half. Um, Kerry Carpenter has a ridiculous amount of home runs and just a small uh, amount of at-bats. He had started off really hot, went on the IL, came back, and started mashing homers again. Um, I think Carpenter is like an ad in all formats. He started the last two games versus lefties, too, where he wasn't really getting at any at-bats before that, so that's a really good sign. Um, and Reese Olsen's slider is one of the best pitches like in the league as far as like stuff. Um, and, and what makes up that slider. So uh, I, I like Carpenter and Olsen a lot. I'm rostering them in a lot of places. Um, so uh, I, I think it's 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 exciting if, if they can take advantage of this uh, softer schedule with those names because, you know, they might be overlooked just because they're Detroit Tigers and they're not very good yet. Yeah, and, and Reese Olsen just 6% rostered. And, yeah, he burst onto the scene – uh, kind of grabbing our attention with all the swing and miss and the slider that you talked about, Steve. He had eight strikeouts against the, the Royals and then nine strikeouts in his next start against the Twins. And the K numbers have kind of gone down since then, but the overall performance has not looked bad. So, 
you put it all together in his last 25 innings, he has 29 strikeouts, a 2.84 ERA, and a .99 WHIP. So uh, it's looked a little different from start to start. I'd be kind of curious what the the whiffs have looked like recently from Reese Olson, but yeah, overall under rostered at just six percent, and especially when you look at their schedule the rest of the way, this could be kind of a you know, a, a Justin Steele type of second half where in in off season people are talking about Reese Olsen as a really popular, you know, post two hundred starting pitcher in the in the draft. So uh, you could get out in front of it now because uh, again, some of those matchups with uh, you know nine games against the Athletics and Royals will definitely get a piece there. And then, like you said, Steve, with six games against the White Sox, uh, that's that could be another eight strikeout outing. So yeah. Uh, that is the Tigers, Twins, and White Sox as our top three. We'll cover uh, another AL Central team and some we promise that are not in the AL Central, but we are going to take our first ad break and we'll be right back. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, so Steve, let's get out of the AL Central with the Royals here. Uh, we've talked about most of these games. It's kind of a, a cesspool of the AL Central, but we got three <laughs> against the Athletics, six against the White Sox, three against the Pirates, five against the Tigers, two against the Cardinals, and three against the Cubs. So they have the fourth best strength of the schedule. Uh, I cannot say that. And uh, some guys that we wanted to at least look at there, I think these are uh, some of these are a little bit more of, of a stretch than some of the other ones we've mentioned, but... MJ Melendez, a, a guy who's rostered in like 50% of leagues, uh, just a note that, you know, he's kind of been uh, cold in the past month. So if somebody does give up on Melendez, uh, there could be a nice bounce back there. Uh, I know in the past week he's he's heated up a little bit with the batting average at least, but that that's a name that would probably be fringy. Uh, Drew Waters might be a little bit more interesting because he's rostered in just 2% of leagues. Uh, but in the the past couple, uh, yeah, the past week he's got a 983 OPS. I know it's super small sample size. Uh, not sure on like how relevant a guy is who's batting in the bottom third of that order, but uh, at least widely available in all deep leagues. And then just wanted to shout out Michael Garcia because I know throughout the season we've kind of liked what Garcia's done, uh, but unlike Torkelson, he's kind of gone the other direction since we brought him up the past couple weeks. Uh, 176 batting average and a 466 OPS, but before that he was pretty red hot and uh, was bringing a lot of speed to the table where he now has 14 steals on the season and he is still hitting leadoff on on most games for the Royals. So, uh, yeah, with this lineup of matchups, I think Michael Garcia might still be one to watch as he's 37% rostered. So, Across these guys or anybody else on the Royals, Steve, is there anyone uh, jumping out that we could take advantage of this schedule? Yeah, I like Waters a lot. Um, he was a former first-round pick, I believe, by the Braves. A big prospect there. Um, had some injuries, some you know underperformance in the minors, um, and it kind of looks like he's putting it together here and could be an interesting like cheap power and speed option. Uh, Michael Garcia, even though it's been cold, like there's a lot to like in his profile. There's a few too many ground balls, but he still can take a walk, which helps for a guy who steals. Um, so, uh, I, I like both those names and, you know, it's, again, I know that we're kind of AL centraling you out and these teams aren't that great, but, um, 
it's a good way to get access to to some good matchups because these guys on these lesser teams might be um, a bit overlooked. Um, you know, uh, a guy like Michael Garcia or Drew Waters sits on the waiver wire a little bit longer than they should because the team context isn't great, which yes is a factor, but in good matchups it should help ease some of that pain. Yeah, I think the the other note is just some of these guys don't, if you're trying to fill holes on your roster from like week to week, some of these guys are, are going to be ones that might not be weak winners, but they're also just going to do the job. You know, they might have hollow average and just get, you know, a couple runs, a couple RBIs, but hit 300 like you could picture Garcia doing. And he'd probably chip in on speed too. So, yeah, I think the Royals have a, a little bit, lighter of of targets compared to you know like torkelson or carpenter or resource yeah yeah. but but still Mm -hmm. uh notable for sure and ones that won't kill you like you know another uh if you've got volatile guys who are going against buzzsaw pitching you might have you know back to back to back over four games and that can kill you on a, a playoff week uh, so moving on to out of the division finally to the to the al west with the astros and Man, a lot more excitement that we can talk about out of the gate. Uh, but first, with their schedule, the Astros have seven games against the Athletics. So way more than, uh, again, staying within the division. Six games against the Royals, three against the Tigers, three against the Padres, which we'll see, and then three against the Guardians. But I know this Houston offense has kind of been clicking in, and it's been nice to see like Kyle Tucker do it. But Chaz McCormick, Steve, is uh, really one of the one of the hotter hitters in baseball right now, which is crazy to say. But the past month, hitting three thirty nine with a ten eighty three OPS. I know we got All Star break in there, so it's you know not quite as big of a sample size as it sounds. But yeah, even in the past week, three homers, six RBIs, uh, walking as much as he's striking out in the past few weeks. Uh, so yeah, Chaz McCormick a guy who is just 38% rostered still and he's now hitting in that Kyle Tucker range of like 5th or 6th in that lineup this is one that kind of jumps out right away as a big time tar- target uh, and in terms of pitchers we got a couple guys but I'll pause and just get your thoughts on McCormick yeah 146 WRC plus in 55 games this year for Chas McCormick uh Absolutely crazy. I think that might be uh, excluding today's home run as well uh, on Wednesday. So um, really, really good stuff and throwing nine steals to boot. Like he's on pace for, you know, a 2020 season in like, you know, what, uh, 500 at-bats if he gets a little bit more playing time from here on out than he did in the first half. Um, you know, the Ordon coming back will obviously help the team context, but might eat into some of that playing time. But if he's going like that, like they'll find a way to get him uh, in the lineup there over like a Jake Myers or Corey Jolks, who have both been good in their own right. Um, but yeah, McCormick is a great way to get exposure to an Astros lineup that's only going to be getting better and has a great schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, no, you you said it. And just out of curiosity on McCormick, because when he's putting up numbers like this, just wanted to look in terms of like the the overall player profile. So 28 years old. uh, Yeah, under the hood. I mean, the barrel rate's pretty impressive at a 10.5% and a 71 uh, percentile sprint speed. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting for McCormick. And his splits are not terrible. I mean, against righties... 836 OPS and then uh, yeah against lefties mm-hmm. at 1064 so lefties, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is his OPS on the year is currently above 900 wow that is nuts for, for Chaz McCormick does strike out a bit so you know ride the streak like he can um, but there is some good quality contact in there yeah and 26.4% strikeout rate but 9, 9.3% walk so I think under-rostered for sure, and just in the 30s, yeah. uh, especially with that offense. So uh, moving over to the pitching, just curious here, Steve, Brandon Belock, uh, am I saying that right? I th- I've heard it pronounced differently. But I think so. But 
Belock had a good showing at Coors, which is always tough to make sense of, but he got a win in five and two-thirds. Uh, four strikeouts, no earned runs, a .71 whip. In the outing before that, also looked pretty good against the Mariners. Five innings, five Ks, a 3-6 ERA, and a 1-0-0 whip. And before that, had the Rockies on the road. Again, another great matchup, but seven, seven innings scoreless, got the win in four strikeouts, a sub-one whip. So B-Lock is just 15% rostered, and under the hood, it doesn't look great in terms of swing and miss stuff. I mean, he does get a decent whiff rate on, on his changeup and his slider, Uh but mainly, I think the interest here is just blind faith in the Astros with pitching and also mm-hmm. the run support and, and just what he's been able to do in terms of results. Any interest in, in B-Lock? And then the last one as well is, is J.P. France, who uh, himself is, you know, he had a little bit more interest earlier this season. But at this point, France is just rostered in 36% of leagues. And the strikeouts just haven't been there. It's kind of looked pretty mediocre, which which isn't what we're used to seeing from two Astros starters. But you think we can catch lightning in a bottle with either one of these guys? Uh, for Belock, maybe after his next two starts, um, his next start is home versus Texas and then home versus Tampa Bay. I know Tampa's not nearly as good on the road, but still I, I, I don't have the guts to start him in either one of those matchups. No. Um J.P. France, I think, is uh, an interesting play. I think uh, he had a streak of, like, four or five quality starts in a row before the last one. Um, so uh, I, I think that it's it's still a good play, and I'm more interested in France than I am in, in Belock in, in the long run. Um, he has Oakland today as this podcast comes out. Um, and the next one's at Texas, or home versus Texas, which – might skip but then there's some of those good matchups um yeah that he's not going to get EKs, but um should be a decent ratio play um yeah he had one two three four five six quality starts in a row um and before that there were some you know eight eight k games that um you know showed a bit of the upside as far as the strikeouts but i think it's a a fine streamer, uh, which is which is nice, uh, especially on a good team like the Astros. A good way to get some cheap wins. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, overall, when you look at at Astros pitching, it's like they found a way to do it. And, and with with the mm-hmm. bullpen, with these matchups, I just yeah, again, back of the rotation type of guys that that could help for sure. But yeah, good call on, on B lock with the, the rough next two starts. I will skip the Rangers and the Rays as well. So, uh, the six best matchups rest of season is the Chicago Cubs. And when you look at, uh, you know, this division and, and kind of what the makeup is, they got the Royals three games. Uh, they got the Rockies six games and that's one home series, one series at Coors. Uh, a game against the Nationals, four against the White Sox, seven against the Pirates, and three against the Tigers. So some good matchups there for the Cubs. And on the hitter's side, what, what's kind of jumped out is Saya Suzuki. We've talked about plenty, and it seems like like the Ks have been really hard to stomach, uh, you know, the, at least two a game, it seems like, in the past couple of weeks. However, uh, in the, the past week or so, he started to put the bat together, had one really big game, four for six with a homer, three RBIs, and Suzuki's rostered in 50% of the leagues. I know we've always liked kind of the, the hitter profile. He's got a decent to good-looking stat cast page, uh, but he's really underperformed this season, and I know he's, I believe, had some injury issues yeah so he had the oblique strain back in late March so you wonder if that's kind of carrying over but that that could be a guy that's available in a lot of like 12 14 team leagues uh and then the other one just to note is Nico Horner who finally had a, a bit of a breakout game on Tuesday going three for six with a couple runs couple RBIs but the past three weeks just a 599 OPS for Nico Horner and as good as he started the season, and I was all pumped up about it, he has uh, tailed off quite a bit. And, and, yeah, past month just hitting 235, which he's a guy who you're mainly depending on batting average. So 
could it turn around for Nico Horner where that's, you know, a nice buy low trade before the, the deadlines close? Because he's one who's still 91% roster. It seems like everyone's holding on there. And then the last one, Steve, I think you wanted to talk about Mike Talkman. Uh, makes some great plays in the field, recently moved to, to leadoff, and he's actually a former Bradley Brave here in Peoria, Illinois. So got to give the shout out there. But uh, yeah, tonight it looks like he's three for four with a homer as well and two doubles. So Mike Talkman, much deeper play there, just 2% rostered. Uh, talk to me about these guys and if there's any other Cubs you want to highlight. Uh, yeah, I think Talkman's a, a, a super interesting play. Um, they've been playing him at leadoff a lot recently, and there's been some cold weeks mixed in there. But you know, over the last 14 days, he's had a 7.92 OPS. Um, he's got four homers and three steals and 153 at bats, so um, decent, you know, counting t- uh, totals to go with. Uh, you know, a 2.61 average. Now that's not horrible and the fact that he's playing leadoff and has these good matchups I think it's a, a a decent play and then another guy that's kind of probably a you know really hold your breath uh, is uh, James Italian um, I know he had that really good start versus the Yankees who you know seems to be getting shut out by everybody these days uh, two starts ago yeah. and then yesterday versus Nationals he was alright I think he went five and two thirds with three three earned runs and got a win but um nothing great um but there's been some upticks in strikeouts there was uh two eight strikeout um outings even though the there there were some ugly earned run totals in that um and i think there's been some mechanical changes and stuff changes that have caught the eyes of uh, a few of the guys on twitter that follow all the the the, the stuff plus and driveline stuff plus models so um Italian could be um, an interesting guy to take advantage of. Uh, you know, it's funny, like, when Colorado is on your schedule twice, it's like, uh, it's great for your hitters when you're there. It's great for the pitchers when uh, they're at your stadium. So um, I think Italian's a guy to keep an eye on and, you know, might have a, a better a better second half than he did in the first half. You know, the, the bar is pretty low there. But um, I think that Italian definitely is a better overall pitcher than the line has indicated thus far it could be a really really deep play and it's probably available in most leagues even like 15 teamers he's been probably dropped just because it's been so so bad yeah i'm kind of curious with tyone i know that um nick said that it was a decent shot uh at the start of the season just be you know one of those classic uh if it's not Mm -hmm. working you move on but we've seen him be Mm -hmm. be good of course when he was with the pirates just kind of curious in terms of yeah, his so he so he's got the cutter now. The velocities, he's more cutter. Velocity's been up. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a a pretty good one. Like he's he gets pretty good movement on both the curve and the the fastball. So yeah, that that's a good one. Still just thirty one years old there, so I, I like it. And um, yeah, Talkman as well. That's a good one. His, his line drive rate is is like thirty one percent, which is really good and what you want out of a leadoff guy who can you know, hit across the field and everything, which has been really useful for him. So, yeah, it could be a 270 guy who's tapping into power and hitting in a good spot in the order. Uh, Let's move to the next team on the list, which is the Seattle Mariners uh, and their strength of schedule next in line. They've got six games against the Athletics, seven games against the Royals, three against the White Sox, two against the Padres, and three against the Mets, who have been welcomed into this list as a target matchup which is crazy Mm -hmm. to think uh but yeah when you look at the mariners roster i think what jumped out at me steve was just because of kind of the low roster rate of of jp crawford very much you know almost like a a benintendi of the infield with you're not really counting on homers or speed uh but while he's got just eight on the season he does have four homers in the past month Mm -hmm. and he's hitting 299 He's another guy who always kind of has some sneaky value with uh, points leagues with his ability to take walks compared to strikeouts. Uh, so Crawford, a guy hits at the top of the order. Um, he's come out of all-star break pretty hot, and he's just 13% rostered. So, yeah, that's an interesting one there for the Mariners if you need some some hit tool. And then Eugenio is a guy that I know we were kind of 
considering him and and the underdog just with that best ball format. We all know when Suarez gets hot, he can hit homers in bunches. And while the average is always a little brutal, uh, two of the last three games, he's he's got a homer and two RBIs, both on, uh, I guess, Tuesday and Monday night. So we'll see what he does tonight. But Suarez, still 56% rostered, but probably available in a lot of those leagues. And yeah, with some of these soft matchups, uh, you wouldn't be shocked if he took his homer total from 13 up to you know, 25 by the end of the season uh, if he goes on one of those binges. So those are the two that kind of jumped out at me, but not sure if you got anything to add there, Steve, or any other Mariners you want to kind of target. Yeah, I like both those guys. I like Ewan Hunting a lot. His stack cast page and a pictureless page is starting to look a lot more like um, the ones in the recent past where, like, you know, it was a low average, but like 30 homers. So maybe he doesn't get the 30, but 25 is definitely within reach because it's like, you know, almost doubling what he has so far. Um, I would also throw Jared Kelnick onto this list. He's looked a little bit better at the plate, especially since the calendar has turned to July. He's had some more success. Yeah, the strikeouts are there and probably are always going to be a part of his game. Um, But I wouldn't be shocked if there's another April-like month here and the overall line looks pretty good at the end of the year despite how bad his June was. So, um, I'll throw Kelnick on, onto this list. Um, you know, a lot, all the Mariners pitchers are basically rostered. Um, so, um, not really much to do there. They've been good and have been good and will be good with the, uh, these uh, matchups. Yeah. These, the schedule there. Yeah. So, um, like those names as hitters and think that there could be some bounce back second halves for those guys. Yeah. Good shout on Kelnick. I know it's a pretty nasty Homer drought. He, I think his last one was like maybe early June. So it's, it's yeah. been a minute for him since he's, he's gone yard, but the past couple of weeks he's hitting 294. Uh, so at least that's, that's a start that he's just seeing the ball uh, drop for some hits. So that's a good one for Kellenick who is still batting third, um, at least in recent games. So yeah, it's a good one. And we've got a, a, a few more teams and, a handful of guys that we still think are great targets. Uh, We'll get to those after our second ad break. We'll be right back. All right, so Steve, moving on to the Texas Rangers, which great lineup and a pretty good-looking schedule the rest of the way. They got the Athletics six games, the White Sox three games, Padres and Mets, they got three each, and then the Guardians. So this might be one, depending on how the pitching does. Like when you look at the Padres, the Mets, and the Guardians, usually got some decent pitching, uh, but nonetheless, uh, still, you know, kind of categorized as a plus matchup. Uh, and I think the first, the first Ranger I wanted to call out was Travis Jankowski, who I know is is kind of a platoon guy, but he's he's been red hot lately, and he's actually been uh, getting some steals as well, where. Yeah, the past month, he's got five steals. He's batting 413 and a 1031 OPS. Uh, so that one's interesting in the deepest of formats if you can kind of handle some of the the scratches. Uh, you know, 4% rostered, though. He, he's widely available, even if he's going to sit against some lefties. Uh, so wanted to shout out Jankowski there. Uh, another guy that I've liked really all year, and we haven't talked about him enough, in my opinion, is Leody Tavares who is, is rostered 54%, but that's been dropping because he's been really cold lately. Uh, but he's got some really underrated skills. They're, they got him in the ninth slot, which is kind of that mini leadoff that we see the best teams do. And he hit a homer tonight and also got a steal. Uh, so he might be turning it around. But Tavares on the season is batting 285 with the 789 OPS. Kind of 2020 profile. I know we were talking about it the past couple weeks, Steve, uh, that – he might be kind of a surprising stat line by the end of the season. But I, I do think Jankowski and Tavares are interesting. And then just noting that, that John Gray, as good as he was for the first three months of the season, he really has cooled off in the past like four or five starts. And he looked all right tonight against the Rays, as we record, before he got pulled uh, for a little bit of a scare. But his x-rays came back negative. It was like a, something with his leg. Um, yeah, that's right. Yandy Diaz had a, a comebacker that hit him. So Gray could be one that a, a manager is looking to deal. And with this this uh, you know lineup, 
ahead of him. Still just, uh, you know, 80% rostered, so he might be available in really shallow leagues. But, yeah, John Gray just kind of jumped out as one that could be a, a cheap buy low target if someone's ready to move on. So uh, thoughts on the Rangers here, Steve? Yeah, I think Tavares is a good opportunity. I think I've seen him dropped in a lot of leagues too. Um, and, yeah, it might just be a cold stretch and, you know, uh, one more little, you know, if this is his downstretch and his OPS just crept below 800, like, uh, you know, brighter days are ahead. And Jakowski, if he needs th- steals in any league, like, I think he is a great play. Sure, he's going to sit for his lefties, but it's exposure to a great lineup, and the guy runs. So um, it's uh, it, 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 you could do a lot with Hurst if you're hurting for steals. And Gray, yeah, it's a, it's a good buying opportunity too, I think. Um you know he's had such an up and down career, and there's been John so many John Gray breakouts before that I think it might be an easier target than uh, some other big name pitchers, and you might get you know eighty to ninety percent of the results. So I think it's a great uh, trade target. Yeah, all, all good targets, and um, yeah, Tavares. I, I, I'm I'm still interested long term in in this profile mm-hmm. because yeah, he's. Got a high line drive rate. Uh, his barrel rate is is solid. Is ex- I mean, it, it's okay for the type of hitter he is. But yeah, now like yeah. you said, it, it's kind of feeling like a low point. And his, his OPS is at 802, like you mentioned. So the 288 average has a, a 297 XBA beneath it. So yeah, he does a, a lot of good things. Kind of spraying to all fields as a switch hitter. Um, and yeah, he probably lead off or. or hit higher in the order for a lot of teams but with that how much they turn over that lineup he gets plenty of plate appearances too so uh yeah i think that's uh a good good list there for the rangers um and yeah i guess from here we'll go to the braves and the braves are ninth on the list uh for the best schedule again another team obviously with one of the best offenses in baseball uh, they get the Rockies for three games, the Nationals for seven, the Pirates for seven, the Cardinals for three, the Cubs for six, and the Mets for seven. So a uh, lot of tasty matchups there, with the, especially with the Pirates and the Nationals, 14 games against against those teams. Uh, thoughts, Steve, on who we want to target here? I mean, most Braves, from a hitter standpoint, are yeah. rostered, but... Uh, anybody that we think would be worth kind of a, a stream or a target? Uh, I, I like Eddie Rosario. Um, I know he was scorching hot, uh, like in the at, towards the end of June was that maybe middle towards the middle of June, um, and has been a little cold. I know there was an injury there too. I I believe, or maybe he was sick that he missed some time. Um, so you know he's a guy who's on and off waivers, but um, I think there was a uh, I, I saw that he was one of, you know, uh, I think 12 hitters that had a barrel rate above 12% and a strikeout rate below 22% over the last month. So, um, you know, we've seen stretches like this from Rosario before, and he is a streaky hitter, and there could be another one coming, and if it's part of that Atlanta lineup with good matchups, look out. Um, Orlando, I see, I think it's a good call, too. Um, You know, he had that really, really hot April, and, is an all-star, um, even though, you know, I, I don't know if he, <laughs> right. uh, you know, an all-star in name. Uh, but not to take away anything from, from his year, it's just, you know. Uh, yeah, not a fantasy all-star, maybe. It, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but still, good exposure to the Braves lineup. And I think that, you know, this could be um, a good way. To, any way time that you can get exposure, like even if it's like streaming Travis Day or no, like on days that Murphy isn't playing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, uh, it's it, it's a good way to get exposure to uh, what I would say is the best team in baseball. Uh, I, I, I'd argue that. Yeah, I think it's a good shout for sure. Uh, so yeah, those are those are some Braves, and I know we've we've got some Braves on our our underdog fantasy teams as well, Steve. But uh, yeah, that I I guess for our listeners now that the seventh inning stretch drafts that we've been promoting on recent shows have come to a close after all-star break those drafts have kind of closed out still a reminder that you guys can absolutely jump in on underdog and still play a lot of the pickums that they have every night which 
You could still use the pitcher list code. We do 100% match uh, up to $100 where they pretty much just double whatever you put in there. And yeah, the pick'em is great. You basically go in. Keep these matchups in mind. Yeah, keep these matchups in mind with uh, the pick'ems. Totally. Know? Yeah, they're, they're, look for the soft matchups. Look for guys like this. And it, it pretty much works as a parlay, guys, where you go in there, you pick your favorite guys, and predict on an over-under, whether you like a higher or lower number of strikeouts or hits or different stats that are listed for that night. And pretty much you only have to pick as little as two, and they both have to hit for you to get paid out. Uh, but you can pick up to five in a single night, and those all five of those hit, and your payout is that much more than if you pick just two. So a lot of fun if you've never done parlays. It's a great way to get in there at kind of a low, affordable cost. And like we said, your buy-in, you guys can use the promo code PITCHERLIST, all one word, and they will double your deposit. So, yeah, even though the seventh inning stretch is done, absolutely get in there on underdogfantasy.com or download the app in the App Store, and you guys can have some fun every night with the Pick'em rest of the season. Must be 18 years old or must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in the state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. All right, so Steve, we got to round it out here with my St. Louis Cardinals. Glad to hear that they got somewhat of a, a positive strength of schedule the rest of the way. They have the 10th best. Three games against the Athletics, two against the Royals, uh, a series in Coors, six against the Pirates, eight against the Cubs, and then six against the Padres. So depending on how the Padres kind of shape up, uh, that could change this a little bit but you still have to like eight games against either the A's, the Royals, or the Rockies, and then six against the Pirates and eight against the Cubs. I feel like Newt is still a guy that I'm, I'm looking at, Steve, uh, especially in points league. I, I'm just not ready to give up. And, you know, in the past couple weeks, he's looked all right. I know that just one homer, one steal in that time, but a 262 batting average. Uh, he's just a... He's a good ball player. I trust in the skills and the plate discipline, everything there, and he's just 48% rostered. Hitting third uh, most games, I think, against lefties, they're moving him down in the order a little bit. But uh, overall, I like Newt and then Tyler O'Neill, who's also coming back soon. The Cardinals have been saying it's like, is it Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? And they keep pushing it back. But when he does come back, O'Neill still has the ability to go on some of those hot stretches like some of the other guys we've mentioned. Uh, and it could be interesting if they do make a trade and, and free up some room. I could see Dylan Carlson getting shipped out, and, and then you kind of lose one less headache for both Newt and Tyler O'Neill. So uh, wanted to open it up to you on St. Louis Cardinals that uh, you're kind of interested in, if any at all. I hate your Cardinals, man. They are the reason my home league, even though I'm in second place, my team stinks. Yeah, Donovan um, and Newt, man, we were in, we were in Newt, big. Yeah, uh, at Goldschmidt, even he's been, you know, mediocre. Contreras stinks. Um, no, not a lot of Arenado. He's been, he's no, been better. No, 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 no. I dropped, I dropped Newt Bar today uh, in a 14 team league. He just hits too many ground balls. I think he's a better real life player than fantasy. Until sure, now he'll probably like you know figure out and start getting the launch angle up and mashing home runs because yeah there's a lot to like in his underlying skills um but you know he is super passive hits a ton of ground balls so maybe not the ideal package for fantasy um but yeah i mean their offense hasn't been the problem as as much as i say this tongue-in-cheek but um yeah, even like Brendan Donovan, I think is a, is a, is a good ad. He's been really, really good. At, like probably the Cardinals' best hitter over the last thirty or sixty days or so. Um, so uh, maybe other than Arenado, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's got a ten twenty five OPS over the last thirty days uh, with five home runs. So Donovan, he might not be out there as much as those other guys, but um, yeah, I think I think they're good plays. And um, who knows? Maybe the Cardinals will will somehow turn it around a little bit. But the devil magic 
definitely ran out this year. They've especially on the pitching end. Even with those tough matchups, I wouldn't stream. With those easy matchups, I would not stream any of the Cardinals pitchers really. The uh, ones that are streamers. Yeah, I mean Mon- yeah, Montgomery's been excellent. But yeah, Montgomery's been good. Yeah, he's another guy. He's that, not available really. Yeah, yeah and yeah. they they might move him at the at the deadline. I guess exactly. You know that could be food for thought depending on what they're going to make some sort of moves at the deadline and whether that brings in new pitchers or if they deal a guy like Montgomery and, and call somebody up, just keep in mind that there are some, some plus plus matchups here for the Cardinals the rest of the way. So, uh, Steve, we got through it, man. Um, I know that we were aiming for a quicker show with how your health's doing over there, but we kind of went how we normally go. Yeah, we did. Okay. We did. All right. Sorry for, uh, you know, uh, don't have as much control of my my voice so my apologies to you and the listeners for you know you have to go edit this and it's uh not as easy to get going when you're you know it feels like there's like knives in your mouth but hey we, we got you through. got nothing to, the, the apology is that they had to listen to me talk for like 80 yeah. percent as opposed to our our normal <laughs> routine so yeah hopefully i i don't uh have any throat sores coming out uh tomorrow so no no we're we're, we're far enough away that you're, you're well, it's you're not, not a remote contagious thing so. okay yeah, cool. yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. good to know how are the uh if i can just kind of twist the knife at the at the end here steven just keep you on the hook how's everything going with the fantasy rosters i mean what are we what are we looking uh, like rest of the way my, my, my turf team is still is is in second and my home league team's in second but my i i hate my team my team stinks and it's in, you're um, in I second. Muncie, you... I dropped Muncie today. I dropped Newbar today. Like didn't Muncie just, homer you know, today? Urias Urias got hammered. Um, yeah, Muncie homered, of course. But even still, like As the part what I told the... myself when I dropped Muncie is like Jake Berger's on the wire. Like Jake Berger's better than Muncie oh, so far this right year. Right on like, cue. Edward yeah. Julian just hit a, another homer. So there you go. Yeah, listen, he's been great. Yes, he is. I was between him and McCormick. Um, today for an ad and i added mccormick who also homered but um i should have just added both uh yeah so if you're still listening to this uh sprint to get julian because he is he is now uh red red hot with uh let's Mm -hmm. see eight for his last 11 with two homers and a steal so yeah that's pretty good sorry nine of his last 12 sorry 11 of his last 15 so that's that's pretty good stuff there from julian uh, yeah, my, my home league, Steve, I am in uh, third, second on the live standing, so you and I should have some playoff activity, but we'll see. I mean, Austin Riley, it was good to see, uh, you know, he's oh the, yeah he's been two great. homers yesterday, uh, homer today. Mm-hmm. Another one today. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I don't know if that, that team has it in them. And then just my routine, uh, if I can pull up the... The old Raz Slam here, because I know we got oh, yeah. two tabs on it. You know, you don't have to watch it as closely, but um, wait a minute, that can't be right. Oh my god! First, I am one in the overall right now in Raz. There Slam. you go. Screenshot yeah, it. That, screenshot that might have it. Have to be a screenshot. That's a good thing to walk. I thought the app was glitching because it only shows you one side of the rankings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just blank. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have to screenshot that and uh There you go. Yeah, just ride out the overall. Love standings. it. Represent. Alright guys, thanks for tuning in. That's the note I'll sign off on here, episode one oh nine. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. You guys could follow us on Twitter at Winsbrook Pod. I am at Van underscore verified and Steve is at Stav eight eight one eight. We'll be back next Thursday and every Thursday for the rest of the season. Till then, thanks for talking baseball with us. Thanks, guys. Later.